the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace. Not just any grace, but costly grace. Grace that explains why good things will happen to bad people. That's what we're looking at next on Truth For Today. And again, greetings in Christ, and welcome to our weekend edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We would invite you to join us here for the next few minutes as we continue on a series we've simply entitled, How Can Good Things Happen to Bad People? Now, to help answer that, we've gone to the book of Ephesians. Here, we find that The key to this answer can be found in grace, and as we saw last week, not just any grace, but a costly grace. With more, here's Pastor Phil Howard on today's edition of Truth For Today. As the penalty for sin, we deserve to bear God's wrath against our sin. We are separated from God by our sin. We are in bondage to sin and to the kingdom of Satan. So now God says, I want to be gracious to you. And just as yells in the court of heaven, you can't let the sinner go free unless you pay the sinner's debt. And the sinner's debt cannot be paid with silver, with gold, with goats, with bullocks, with turtle doves, with lambs. Only a member of the Godhead could substitute for the guilt of the race. And so in the redemptive scheme of things, redemption means to free a slave from an auction because you pay the price. You know what? Every time you go shopping, you redeem. You redeem the groceries when you pay for them. You buy it out from the grocer's ownership. When you give the price of money, They'll release to you the milk, the bread, the eggs, and the food you want. That's redemption, bartering. And God used a bartering term that was used of releasing people that were either slaves. Uh, If your uh, ox gored a slave or gored a man in the Old Testament, you had to pay compensation fees, which were called redemptive prices. Guess what Israel grew up with? To be a Jew, every firstborn son had to be bought back at the temple. Because it went back to the Passover night where all the firstborn sons of Egypt were killed. And God told Israel forever, this is what I want you to do from now on. When you have your firstborn son and the firstborn animal of all your herds, you go to church and you pay out the money that you know God let you get your son back and you paid a redemption price. Give the temple some money because your firstborn deserved to die and would have died without this Passover lamb's blood. 
But I want you to know the lesson. I spared you. Go down and pay 30 pieces of silver or whatever and tell that boy of yours, the reason you're not dead is we paid a redemption price to keep you. So they understood it all the time. Redemption, slavery, buying a man or buying him free from a master. I want to be free. I want to be free. You can't just say go free. Somebody paid the owner the money and in the exchange, you went free. God has been gracious, but he paid the price for his grace at the cross. It was at the cross that he needed out the money, and the money was the shed blood and death of his son under the vicious penalty of God. So God, God is giving us expensive grace when he saves us. Free to you, but expensive to him. So you say, well, I'm going to heaven free. Free to who? It wasn't free to God, but it was free for you. Do you understand it? And in that payment, in that payment, this is what happened. When the fee was paid in the death of the son... God was angry about our sin because his holiness was being violated. His laws were being broken. And in his righteous anger and in his holy character, he was a jilted God, a rejected God, a a blasphemed God, a hated God. Where does he take his outraged holiness? When his son died on the cross, God the Father took the sword of justice and he plunged it in the side of his son and the side of his son became the scabbard of mercy. And when he plunged it all the way into his son and when the knife is set there, he says, I'm satisfied. Enough has been done with regard to sin. I demand no more. I'm satisfied. And if you could see the cross tonight, you would see the sword of his justice. It stuck right through the body of his son. That's what happened at Golgotha. The unleashed wrath of God against sin fully met in renting and tearing and killing the beloved mm, second person of the Godhead. A real God, a real deity. And God said, I'm satisfied. That's enough. It's been paid. It's been paid. So then, he said, this had to be done to demonstrate that God was righteous in forbearing with sins in the Old Testament. Just overlooking. Because he knew the blood of bulls and bullocks wasn't really getting rid of it. But he said, that's all right. I'm suspending judgment. I'm suspending. I'm suspending. I'm forbearing. I'm forbearing. I'm forbearing. All of a sudden, every debt's moved up to the cross. And every future sin was moved back to the cross. And at one point in the history, in divine history, all sins past and future all met in God the Son in one six-hour appointment on a lonely tree in a lonely hill. And at that point, all of the vented wrath of God against us and all of his forbearance with Noah and those sins that were just covered by animal blood, all of a sudden the debt rushed forward and God said, I... I paid it. I'm satisfied with it. 
debt paid. And it vindicated God's patience to put up with our sins for so long without an adequate payment. I'll wait. It hasn't been paid, but we'll get to it. Keep rolling it forward and rolled it forward to the cross. Uh, Did you know when you sin as a Christian, did you know why God forgives you? Look at 1 John 1, 9. Look there. If you're a young believer for sure, don't make the mistake I did. I thought I was a Christian as long as I didn't sin. But when I did my first sins after a believer, I was so confused. I thought I lost my salvation or maybe I wasn't really saved. Because nobody showed me 1 John 1, 9. <laughs> I didn't know it. And so I thought, man, I must not be saved. Here I've sinned and I'm a believer. Oh, I guess you start all over again. The next revival, I'll go forward again. I grew up that way. Get right. But I didn't know that, hey... Most of us sin daily just to stay in shape. You know, you don't want to get rusty. So, you know, throw in a sin or two a day just to stay good at it. Uh, You know what? Even when I don't know that I've sinned, I've come to realize I sinned because the heart's never pure completely. Motives are never completely pure. There's no one pure in his sight. Job said that. So, so what is it? How do I stay saved? What's going on with you? What's 1 John 1, 7? You should have never forgotten this because I've already preached it. But, you know, you just don't buy the tapes. Uh, Verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another because we're so free from ever committing sin. Why, no. Because the blood of Jesus, his son, is purifying us continually from all sin. That means the blood of Christ is having an ongoing cleansing. Just think of the old wash machine. It's going all the time, and it's the work of Christ on behalf of you. It's kind of shoom, 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 you know, doing the sheets. Boom, and that agitator just going there. Just, we're gonna, and it's always going. Always going before the throne. Just cleansing you from you. Just you. Yuck. You. Without doing anything. You, you're just a mess just before you even wake up. you got a sin nature in there that before God is detestable. And the only way he can stand you with the sin nature is the blood of his son stands between you and your sin nature. And he's just cleansing, cleansing, cleansing. I see that old worst machine just... Going, going. Now watch, watch this. If we claim to be without sin, we are not married. I mean, no. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. We're just deceptive, fat, dumb, and deceived. If we confess our sins... He is so full of mercy and grace, he'll forgive you. Is that what it says? Do you see the word mercy and grace in there? What's the word you see? What? Just. What, what, how do we spell it? What does just mean? Just. What's that? 
Justice is to get what you deserve, isn't it? I heard that. Justice, God forgives you as a Christian out of justice. Now, he's reliable to do it, but the thing about God that forgives you now is not mercy and grace. It's justice. How can that be? Because right here is the cross. There the price has been paid. The father says, I've been satisfied with my son. I'm down here in 2005 doing some sin. I'm wrong. I say, Father, I confess it. And God says, well, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Because I'm faithful to my word and to my son. And because I'm just with you, I'm just. Ooh, and I didn't like this word for a save. His justice meant hell. If I got what I deserved, I'm going to hell. Now he says, I'm going to treat you on the basis of justice. And what's that? I'm going to forgive you because I want to keep my contract I made with my son at the cross. At the cross, I said, son, pay for all their sins. Will you do it? I will, father. It is finished. Paid in full. All right. He sinned. What you're going to do? The devil says, kick him out. He can't be saved. He can't mess up that bad. My lands, God gave us David in the Bible to give the rest of us hope. If God's man could mess up that bad, I'm sure you could. But God said, I can forgive you now, not because I'm just gracious and merciful. Grace and mercy saw fit and justice nailed him to the cross. I'm keeping contract with my son. You name the sin and I'm going to keep my word. I'm just. I'll cleanse you. I'll cleanse you from it. And all penalties have been canceled. All penalties canceled. All penalties canceled. All penalties canceled. This is called the gospel, folks. The gospel. God forbid we bought into another gospel. We don't think this thing works. It works. We're just not telling it loud enough. I'm cleansed. You, you can't bring any charges against me. Bring them. Bring them. Bring them. Join the devil. Accuse me all you want. I've got a lawyer there that's going to nail you to the wall. And his name's Jesus. And he's going to say, I won my case at the cross. You can't get my people lost. They are forever justified. It's done. Some of you aren't happy because you don't understand it. If you could ever understand this, you quit griping. You start rejoicing. The gospel is the greatest thing we've got, and we just don't have any time to preach it. This is what this is. We're telling you the gospel, truth. This is, I'm almost mad about it because I want you to get happy. Because the enemy wants to steal this truth from us. This is, it. this is where it all is. Or if this is not true, we're all men to be most miserable. And we believe the lie. We're just playing church and taking offerings. No, friend, I'm not just playing church. I want to yell until I die. This is how terrible lost sinners like the whole race is. Can have a righteous standing before God. And now it keeps me out of a righteousness. Not just mercy. Not just grace. Sure, that provided it. But guess what? I confess my sin, Lord. I did it. Well, if he was, oh, aren't you going to do any more about it, God? God's done enough about it. 
God's done everything he needs to do about it. He'll produce sorrow in me. He's got to work in me so I don't enjoy the sinning. And so the Spirit works on me. But the legal part of the sin has been dealt with forever. That's why you can't lose your salvation. You never did find it. You can't lose something you never found. The shepherd found you. You didn't find him. I said the shepherd found you. You didn't find him. He came after you. You didn't come after him. Oh, I I just lost. You lost what? I lost the gift of God. You lost the gift. That means God lost it. He said when he saved you, he made you a member of his body. So, oops, today we just lost a finger in the body. We just lost another. Oh, another slipped out. Oh, would you get out of here? If you paid what God paid to get you in this thing, you wouldn't be asleep at the wheel and say, oops, well, we just lost another one. No, we only lose those who were never a part of us. We have people come to this church sometimes and they'll leave and, oh, they're out in sin. Everybody said, ooh, we lost one of your members. I said, well, they might have been one of our members, but they weren't one of God's members. But you've got to be sure you're on the roll up there, not the roll down here. Because he tracks his sheep down. And all the sheep said, bah. Yeah, yeah, we know. We know. Man, that was good. I need to use that more. Uh, Well, I get kind of nearly hemorrhage up here talking about this stuff. Because it's what set me free uh, as a guy. And guess what this method does? And we just stop. And if you have a question, we'll take it. Um, Guess what this method does? Where is boasting? Some folks, it's like when they get to heaven, you, you can imagine them doing this way. Amazing grace that saved someone so good as me. I once deserved it, and now I surely got it. I once was almost saved anyway. I never was really lost. But now I'm really, really saved because I was quasi-spiritual anyway. And I'll sing forever. How goody, goody, goody I've been. Now, you'll be in hell. The Pharisees won't make it. Two men went up to the temple. One man began to tell God, I tithe on everything. I tithe on my spice rack. I keep the Sabbath. I'm ceremonially clean. I'm righteous. You ought to be lucky you've got me on your payroll, God. Another man was there that was so bowed beneath his sins and his unworthiness and his status that he could not even lift up his head while at temple. But he beat his breast. And he said, I'm a sinner. And you know what he asked for? Have halismos. Have propitiation towards me. The very word that he showed at the cross. Be propitious to me. Be satisfied with me and I don't know how you could. Which man went home justified, Jesus said. The man who cried for a propitiation sacrifice. And that's what you and I have done. We have bowed our head before God and his indictments and said, would you be propitious? He says, Christ is your propitiation before the throne. That's why Jesus is Christianity.
Jesus. Jesus. Don't talk to me about everything and never get to Jesus and tell me you're a Christian. If you don't talk to Jesus, to, about Jesus to me, you are no Christian to me. I tell you, I cannot tell you how much church bull I grew up with as a pastor. Church folks talking about everything but Jesus. And I've been around different groups. I've hung out with Pentecostals for years. Some always talk about the gifts. Talking about a demon being cast out. And talking about a prosperity gospel. And talking about God owes you a Cadillac. And God owes you. I'm saying, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. Where is Jesus in this message? Could a poor man get saved in your message? And I'm going to tell you, if you don't talk about Jesus anymore, you ought to repent. And you ought to repent. You ought to shut up talking church talk. Church talk is Jesus. The church is where he reigns. This is about Jesus and his good news. It's not about board meetings, elders and deacons. That all he gave to organize. What it's really about is, do you love the Savior? Uh, Are you following? Would you obey him? Would you adore him? Would you love him? If you know him, you will. If you don't, you're just another false Christian going to hell on a pew. But those who know him adore him. Because they know he satisfied God's wrath. And where's the boasting? It's excluded. The Jew can't boast. The Gentile can't boast. By what law are we saved? No law of works. Only by the law of faith. God said it. I believed it. I received all the benefits and I didn't do anything. I just believe God did the work and I'm relying on it. And that's what you're doing in the gospel. And I hope whatever amount of heartbeat you left in my heart, I want to go out. If I ever die in the pulpit, I hope the last message I'm preaching is this kind of message. Because it's the only way sinners like me and you will inhabit eternity. And God help us from turning into churchianity, religiously righteous, in our own merit people. No, once you do that, you no longer need to promote Jesus because you're resting on your merits and not his. You're impressed with you, not with him. He is what is impressive about Christianity. This is, this is why God meets sinners at the foot of the cross. That's why all of you folks ought to be dancing happy. Good night, I got heaven made because I'm a sinner. I, I met the first qualification and everybody said, amen. Yeah, yeah, I'm qualified. Two, he met the qualification of God to be righteous enough to pay the debt, to free the slave, and I was on the market for sale. Somebody paid the price. I wasn't bought with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And the church said, Amen. And I have believed it. I have trusted it. It's mine. Is it yours? Well, yeah. Clap. Don't get happy. Don't get emotional about this stuff. Why, you might just betray. But this stuff isn't exciting. Well, you could go to hell then. That's the alternative to this joy, is going to hell. I'm not trying to get you in hell. But I'm saying that people that don't know the joy and the resonation of this don't know the gospel. They might be religious. They might be members in this church. But they don't know the gospel. The gospel. This is what it brings. This is what it brings.
And that will bring us to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, our weekend edition of the broadcast. As we close out our time together, we would invite you to contact us. If you have questions or comments about the broadcast, maybe it's spurred something in your own heart and mind. Maybe you'd like some prayer over something that has come to light in light of today's broadcast. Well, please, by all means, get in touch with us. 855-833-9864 is our phone number. Again, that's 855-833-9864. You're welcome to write to us. You can either stop by our website, drop us an email, or take pen to paper and send off a letter. You can write to us at truthfortodayradio.org if you're going to use the email route. Otherwise, our physical address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. One other thought as we close out our time together today, we have a matching grant through the end of March, and as long as you send along a donation to Truth For Today, it'll be matched dollar for dollar. Would you please consider that as you contact us and become a partner with us here at Truth For Today? And if it's just a simple thank you for the broadcast, nothing more. Well, that means a great deal to us as well, and whether it is a generous donation, a small donation, or a simple thank you for the ministry, please take a moment. Let us know today how the program encourages you in your relationship with Christ. Once again, you can reach us by phone at 855-833-9864, and that address, once again, is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California, 94547. And as always, truthfortodayradio.org and drop us an email from that location as well. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next week at this same time, may the Lord richly bless you.